Welcome to Conversations Different, the podcast from the Santa Fe, New Mexican that focuses on interesting people and issues of northern New Mexico. I think this week we have a special treat. We are talking to Tara Hughes, who is the 2023 New Mexico Teacher of the Year. That's for the entire state. And I think that's pretty awesome. Welcome, Tara. Hi. Thanks, Inez. It is really wonderful to have you. And, and I have to say, we've postponed recording this a couple of weeks because of the teacher's hazard, which is being around uh, kids with infection. <laughs> There's been a lot of sickness going around. Yep. Yep. Now, you are a preschool teacher. And as I recall from my child's days in preschools, those kids have... Uh, fluids running out of nearly every orifice possible. Um, they do. That is one skill that we teach. Tissues. How to wipe noses. <laughs> one of the most embarrassing memories of my life is my cousin Henry reminding me that when I was in kindergarten, I used to wipe his nose for him because it was dirty and I didn't like it. And I'd forgotten. He's like, I never forgot. And I was like, well, at least your nose was clean. <laughs> Aren't you glad? <laughs> that's I'm, that's a big skill to like, you know, be a helper. Yes. And, you know, I, I think he thought I was marauding, you know, and, and invading his bodily space. But he never had a runny nose in public. So <laughs> that's very sweet. So you are a preschool teacher, which is where so much emphasis is happening in education. And... You know, we always say in New Mexico, we're at the bottom of all the good lists and the top of all the bad lists, blah, 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 blah. And the idea is that if children get a better start, they're going to get to school ready to go. How do you come into this? So I really feel like early child educators have the most important job. What we do is we support kids and give them tools um, to be able to maintain healthy relationships to develop um, self-awareness, um, to be able to regulate their emotions. We're giving them all of these tools that then they take on into kindergarten, into first grade, and all through their whole academic life in order to be able to learn academics. You have to have those foundation skills before um, you're able to really read and, you know, math and all and sit, right, and be able to be regulated and to learn. So why isn't that happening in a family setting? Um, I think that there, I think it is happening in family settings. I think that there are a lot of families who are doing that with their children and supporting them. Um, but there's something different when it comes to preschool and being in a classroom environment, right? You're surrounded by 18 other children. You're with your teachers. We're kids' first experience with relationships outside of their families. And that can bring so many different emotions. You know, just today I had a student, um, we, we were on break, right? We were on break last week and we just came back yesterday and today. And it's hard to get back into school. A routine. Yeah. And, and one little um, boy said to me, I really miss my mom and dad. I just miss them. And it's because the day is so long. And I was, oh. it's so long and it's so, it is, it's a long day for those, for those littles and they're having to do so much, right? We play, we cooperate, we help one another, all of these different things that we're doing in order to make this classroom family. And it's different than, you know, being in your familiar environment where you're home. It's taking it and be maintaining relationships with peers and having to problem solve conflict resolution. Like he just knocked over my tower and it's different from siblings. No. Yeah, it is. And, and you're in a situation where, you know, when 
everyone hopes the teacher is like a fair arbiter and it's not, you know, grandma who likes your brother better or whatever. So it, it, it teaches you to make your case and also to deal with people in, in a, you know, more open and accepting manner and not just fight. Yeah, they have to problem solve. They have to say, okay, I, this is a problem. We state the problem and then we think about that solution. Okay, what can we do? We can play together. We can trade. We might need to walk away from that situation because it's not going to be resolved. And so all of those things that are so different that we do in those school environment rather than at home to really support those kids. So then they go into kindergarten and they're like, okay, I have these tools and I'm ready to do this. What does it mean for a kid to get to kindergarten and be ready for pre-literacy for all the things that happened to you that year as a, you know, before, after pre-K? Because I remember a friend of mine became a kindergarten teacher and she was at the playground nearly in tears. And I was like, what is up? She goes, I wouldn't want me as a kindergarten teacher. I don't know what I'm doing. It's my first year. She said, and the kids I get, they're supposed to do this and do this, learn the alphabet. She goes, most of them don't even know their names. They don't know their address. They can't, they can't remember their parents' names. She goes, I have to start from there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that people realize kind of what you're getting in terms of a bright, lively, wonderful child without those basic skills. Yeah. And and in preschool, you know, we focus a lot on phonemic awareness. That's really important. Rhyming is really important. All of those kind of pre-literary skills and, you know, alphabet knowledge, letter sound correspondence, all of those pre-literary skills. So then they can go to kindergarten and they're ready. They're ready to then start looking at, you know, sight words and starting to like read and make those connections. But really it's about working together mm-hmm. and collaborating and helping and being able to name your emotions because those are the skills that then they're set to go on to kindergarten to start to learn those academics and being able to identify those feelings in yourself and then also in your friends, right? To so have that compassion and that empathy. So then, okay, I, we can work together to do this because when we're regulated, then we can learn. Yeah. Because so many of us, I mean, adults, it always cracks me up. We're telling kids, you have to do this and do this. And yet, you know, I've worked with men that have yelled and thrown chairs across the room. Well, in kindergarten, you would have gone in time out. Yeah. They did not put that certain reporter who shall remain unnamed, Jason, (laughs) um, in time out, you know, because he was angry and he got to say it and, you know, and it, and in kindergarten, in preschool, you can't do that. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's definitely kids who, like, have these big emotions and they have these big feelings. But what we do is we talk about it. You know, we'll say, okay, I see you're feeling mad. I see that you're feeling angry. Um, you know, how? like, okay, so now let's talk about that. What was the problem? What made you feel that way? And then we talk about solutions. So it's even just about understanding where that's coming from and then trying to solve that problem. So then we can do some deep breathing, we can regulate our bodies, and then we can get ready to move on. Oh, I love that. Moving on is a great time to take a break. This holiday season, let's make a difference together. Make a donation to the Santa Fe, New Mexicans Empty Stocking Fund supporting those in need in northern New Mexico. Your generosity helps with life essentials like rent, utilities, food, and car repairs. Visit sfnm.co 
slash ESFund to contribute. Every donation helps, bringing warmth and relief to families facing challenges. Let's spread kindness and make this season brighter for everyone. Visit sfnm.co slash ESFund and make a difference today. Welcome back to Conversations Different. We're talking to Tara Hughes. She is a preschool teacher and the first preschool teacher to be named Teacher of the Year in New Mexico. Tell us about where you teach here in Santa Fe, because one of the things we're excited about is you are a Santa Fe public schools teacher. You're one of ours. I am. I am. I teach at Nye Early Childhood Center in Santa Fe. It was the old Agua Fria Elementary. Um, and about nine years ago, it was converted into an early childhood center. So my school is a little different. There are 11 preschools in the in the school. So there's 11 teachers. We service a lot of students who are considered with diverse abilities. So what that means is we are an inclusive school. When children age out of family services, they come to Nye at the age of three years old. And so we provide special education services for many students, but we also have many inclusion classrooms. So I teach a 4Y inclusion classroom, which means that my classroom consists of children with neurodiverse and neurotypical children. Um, and we build a classroom community together. And what's beautiful is that we really recognize that our diversity is what is, is our strength. So children at that <clears throat> early age learn that not everyone's like them and that different abilities lead to different outcomes, but we all have something special about ourselves. Yep. Yeah. And in the classroom, we understand that we all learn differently. We all need something different. Some students might need a fidget. Someone else might need a different type of chair to sit in, and that's okay, right? And so sometimes kids will be like, well, why do they use that? I'm like, well, that's what they need to learn. That's help them. That helps them learn. And, um, and together, we build this classroom family. And then when we understand people's um, differences, right, we understand diversity, um, it really leads to compassion and empathy. Um, and then we can we start to build that, and that really leads to kindness. Yeah, I was just going to say, we need more kindness in the world, don't we? Yeah. I was really lucky that my mother, who didn't, she went to college, but she didn't finish, and had no idea about mental health, mental illness. We just didn't talk about it. We didn't know that people had it. We just thought they were weird or grouchy or whatever. Yeah. But in junior high, I was very nervous for whatever reason, and I would sit there, and I would scratch my head and, like, make it bleed. It was not very nice. And she got me a necklace, and I would wear the necklace, and I'd pull it instead so I wouldn't scratch my head. And I thought later, well, that's like a fidgeter thing, you know? And I didn't move or whatever. I liked school. It just was other people made me nervous. And I think about her sometimes if more parents and more teachers realize that kids are different and that you have to meet them where they are, and then they'll go, you know, as far as they can. Yeah, it's really know? looking at the whole child seeing like them as a whole and what they need in order to succeed. Yeah. And that's what we do, you know, and, and I love special education. It's, it's so dear to my heart because I really believe in inclusion. And I believe that every family and child deserves the same opportunities. And that really starts in preschool. Right. We have a, there's a guy in town named Jamie Cook who oh, yeah. um, 
became <clears throat> active in politics because his daughter Amy had special needs and there was no education for special needs kids in Santa Fe in the late 60s, 1970s. And he ended up running for, I think, the State House of Representatives and turned out to be too liberal, so they primaried him and got rid of him. But he made sure that his kid got what she needed at school. And he went on, of course, to be on the Board of Regents at UNM and do all sorts of things, educationally speaking. And his story always inspired me because we kind of take it for granted that if you have a child, you'll take them to school and they'll get what they need. Yeah. And that's not been always true. And, you know, parents are their children and families are their children's biggest advocate. And that's what I tell all of my families, right? They have to advocate for their child. They know their child best um, and they are their child's first teacher. And then, you know, then we are. And so really, I look to them to really give me a lot of guidance too, to ask them what they think their child needs also, because they know best. And um, so we become a team. That's so lovely to hear a teacher <clears throat> say that. My kid was at school for No Child Left Behind, and it was like, this is what we have to do. And it, I was weird, because I started at North Public in Las Vegas. That was my first school. And the teachers there, if you got done early, they just gave you a book to read or you helped another kid. No one got mad at you. They gave you, oh, that's not hard enough for Inez. I'm going to give you this to do. And that's just how everyone got a kind of a different approach. And yet, you know, we're like 40 years later, and there's my kid being told, no, this is how you do it. And it was really an interesting experience as a, as a parent. And I didn't advocate enough for him because I was like, the teacher's right, do what they say. Like he said, you're getting me ready to work at Walmart, you yeah. know? Yeah, and it is, it's a team, you yeah. know, it's a team and we really have to like work together. And then children in our classroom see the relationship that we build in between, you know, with each other as, as a teacher and a family. And then it becomes, you know, a team and we work together do you believe that all this emphasis on early childhood, making it available to more kids, spreading it across the street, is that going to get us to where our kids are performing on all these tests or just in life, forget the tests, the way we want them to? I, I do. I do. I re So I, I really feel that there's kind of this evolution happening right now in early childhood and especially in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, the government, governments, officials, stakeholders are understanding that closing the preschool gap is really important. And when we close that preschool gap, we're going to see a decrease in the performance gaps. Yeah, a decrease in the performance gaps, but also more equitable education mm -hmm. that's happening at an early age, right? So I really feel that it's a way to decrease poverty, to decrease oppression, and so everybody has this equitable education, and it starts at high-quality early childhood pre-K. Well, one of the things that people who are experts have told me over the years is that if you look at performance during a year, kids usually make great strides. Mm -hmm. But if you start from behind, you still have to catch up. Yeah. And we haven't had in our system a way to catch up. We haven't. And we're seeing that now because we universal pre-K um, recently started, right? And all of the money right now and all the funding that's going into it. So we're going to start to see the benefits that's happening that New Mexico is offering, you know, with the universal pre-K that's happening. I mean, right now there's preschools in the district and most of the elementary schools. And I'm from Connecticut, but that's not that's not happening right now in Connecticut. There aren't 
preschools and all the elementary schools. And so I really feel like we're in the forefront right now of early childhood. And it's really exciting to see it happening. Um, and I really think that the we're going to see that kids stay in school because that's really where it starts, right? Your love of school starts when the when you're young. And we're going to start to see the benefits of like the phonemic awareness that we're teaching, the social emotional skills, the cooperation, the self-help, and also providing kids with what they need when it comes to special education. That's a great place to take a break. And we'll be right back with Tara Hughes, the 2023 Teacher of the Year. Thanks, Inez. This is Patrick Dorsey, publisher of the Santa Fe New Mexican. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Conversations Different with Inez Russell Gomez. Great local content is only possible with a talented staff dedicated to bringing you the best local content possible. For that staff to do its work, we need your support by subscribing to the Santa Fe New Mexican. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. And if not, there's never been a better time to subscribe. In addition to our home-delivered newspaper that comes with full digital access, we also provide digital-only subscriptions for SantaFeNewMexican.com. We'll also be releasing more online-only audio and video programming moving forward. The Santa Fe New Mexican has been here for nearly 175 years, and we want to continue being your source for local news and information. Visit us at SantaFeNewMexican.com slash subscribe or call us at 505-986-3010. Thank you. It's a new day in New Mexico, and the doors to boundless opportunity are open as tens of thousands of New Mexicans reach higher to pursue a dream, broaden their horizons, and retrain for a better job. With the New Mexico Lottery and Opportunity Scholarships, you could build yourself a better future anywhere in the state. You put in the hard work, we'll help with the costs. For eligibility details, visit ReachHigherNM.com. We are back with Tara Hughes, a preschool teacher from Santa Fe, New Mexico, who has taken the profession, I think, to new heights. It, just talking to her, I get all excited. I can't imagine how wonderful it would be to be a kid in your room. Come on in one day and hang out. You're welcome to come. Oh, I would love that. I love going to schools. I was thinking it'd be interesting just to give a little of your background, because you weren't always a teacher as a grown-up, and I love your previous uh, career. And I think that must help because you're building minds. And before, what did you build? Right? Sets. Yeah. It, it's true, right? Because I was you're you're setting the foundation, right? I was building like the foundation and now I'm building minds. I like yeah. how you made that connection. I just it, I, I thought of it because I did that carpentry I was telling you when I was in theater. And it made me think you build a newspaper every day, you have a finished product. And I love carpentry because you have a finished product. You see what you do. Yeah. It's not some nebulous thing out there. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah. You feel really accomplished when you're done. You're like, oh, look at that. I built that. That's amazing. And then so many people enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially you were at the Santa Fe Opera. What was the coolest opera you worked on? Oh, gosh. Okay. What was the coolest opera I worked? So I worked... So I worked in the um, the opera in the year 2000. So it's been about 24 years. So 
I, that was not 24 years ago. That was yesterday. Oh, okay, yesterday. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yesterday. It feels like I can't remember things so much. But my undergrad is in studio art and technical theater, and I moved out here to work for the opera. So I started as an apprentice, and I started working on the stage crew. And then I decided that I loved it. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And they asked me to stay on and work in the shop and then run the stage crew in the summer. Oh, that's fun. I learned so much, so much from that time. And what I really loved about it was working with the college kids and helping them and teaching them the ins and outs of theater and putting the sets on and how to carry the, I mean, the walls are like six feet tall, right? They're massive. Um, And running that. And and so then I was like, okay, well, I really like teaching. Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked La Triviata. That was that was one of the best to get back to that answer. That was really, they had a really cool turntable that we oh, had to set I, up. Yeah. I think yeah. I saw that one. So that was really fun. Um, yeah. But that's really where my passion started for teaching. So what led you to, from college kids to, you know, the youngest in public schools? So my husband and I moved to upstate New York and I started a job teaching on 60 acres in this beautiful little red. Mm. It was beautiful. It was a like it was just gorgeous. And um, it was a preschool for neurodiverse students only. There were no neurotypical peers. So what that means is that the children who went to that school had special education services. And I fell in love with those children. They changed my life. Like their like progress became like my motivation, right? Their challenges became my learning moments. And that's when I decided that this is what I want to do. I want to become a special education early childhood teacher. Oh, Um, that just sounds like such an amazing discovery because it kind of, it's an example, I think, to kids too, that you can start out one way and your path leads you to something equally wonderful. And you sort of have to stay attuned to what gets you excited. Like you figured out, I love building sets and I want to teach. Yeah. And, and what's really cool, like as a preschool teacher is you can bring in so many different elements. You know, we teach everything in early childhood. Just this last week, I'm, I kind of brought in this element of theater where we're doing retelling stories using shadow puppets and we have our little shadow box and they retell and they make their own props. Oh, and, how fun. And it's like, it's theater to me. I mean, that's what we're doing. And they're retelling like the three little pigs right now. And they wrote their own story about the tree outside and how it loses its leaves and where the leaves go. And so you get to, you know, you, we have an art center in the classroom where they explore and they mix their paint. And so I get to really use the art act background and my theater background in the classroom. Yeah, I think my friend who became an art teacher was a photographer. And then she also taught like a fifth grade class. And I really think that art appreciation and kind of the holistic view of the world really is a great skill. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. So what happens, uh, your teacher of the year, what does that mean? Uh, in addition to everyone being really proud of you? I know you must talk to classes or go around the state or what do you do as teacher of the year? It's been such an honor and it has been so much fun to like meet just so many different people in education. So I am part of this cohort of 55 other teachers of the year and we have been going and meeting. We met in February in California. We went to Washington, D.C., the White House. We went to the White House. Um, we got to meet Dr. Jill Biden. We did a 
a town hall where her and Secretary Cardona um, asked us questions about education and our opinions. And we were able to give them feedback about what's important to us right now in the school system. So it's been a lot of advocacy about early childhood, keynotes, talking about my students, talking about you know their progress, um, and really advocating for the importance of early childhood education. That's, that's a wonderful uh, way to end. And uh, thank you for advocating for our kids. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. We'll be back next week with another Conversations Different. Thank you.